The Extra Pack of Peanuts Travel Podcast, Episode 81. Seattle was the first city in the U.S. to play a Beatles song on the radio. What is this rock and roll stuff anyway? Hello, travel nerds, and welcome to the Extra Pack of Peanuts Travel Podcast, the show that teaches you how to travel more while spending less. I'm your host, Travis Sherry, and whether this is your first time listening or you've come because of the amazing interview we have for you today, I want to thank you for tuning in today, making us the number one rated travel podcast on iTunes. You guys rock, and no matter how many times you've listened, you're in luck today because I've got an incredibly fascinating guest, someone who had the good I had the good fortune of meeting this past year at World Domination Summit and who was actually present the very first time I ate the coconut shrimp peanut butter and jelly sandwich from my favorite food cart in Portland, PBJ's Grilled, Byron Go of ByronGoDon'tStop.com. Byron, thanks so much for coming on the show today and welcome. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Awesome to be here. Yeah. And Byron uh, and listeners, Byron and listeners, here's the best thing about today's interview. I have absolutely no clue where this conversation <laughs> is going to go. And usually, as people who have listened before, you know, I like to prepare a little bit. I come in, you know, I've probably read someone's book or I've been on their website a decent amount or things like that. But today, I'm just so excited because I want to know more about your lifestyle. <laughs> and I know just from us flicking back a few emails, that you're so passionate, you're so enthusiastic, and you're really just kind of taking life by the horns and saying, I'm going to live the type of lifestyle that I want to live. And you had a really cool quote in one of your emails. And I, you probably don't even remember it, but it really struck me. And you said, I like talking about creating a life for yourself by learning to navigate with your own compass. And I thought, that's awesome. That is a great little, you know, 10 word thing that kind of sums up what you're doing. So I, I want to thank you for coming on. I'm really excited to pick your brain myself. And uh, totally. yeah, where are you recording from right now? Because I know you're all over the place usually. Yeah. Um, location independent as uh, probably some of your, your listeners are also, I hope. Currently, I'm in Seattle, Washington. So that's actually a place that I lived for about 10 years. And it's a place that I periodically come through for a couple of reasons. I have a ton of, of friends here, but also when I'm working on specific projects, I find that it's helpful for me to be in a place that's relatively familiar because then I'm not like as, I don't have to be as on point with figuring out like, where am I going to stay tonight? Where am I going to go? What am I going to do? And also locationally dependent, I have a storage unit that's here. And so like when I'm here, I get to deal with some stuff. I ended up here because Burning Man, we have stuff in our storage unit for Burning Man. So we put it back there and then I've just kind of been hanging around here ever since finishing some stuff up. Yeah. So you're in Seattle right now and people are probably thinking, okay, so he's talking about being location independent. He has a storage unit. What is his situation? So can you give us a kind of a an overview of what your current living situation is and how you, you know, what your lifestyle is like, I guess yeah. is the best question. Yeah. Okay. 
you know, there's sort of a package uh, way to like deliver that to folks usually because they just, it's almost like there's no real easy place to start or end. It's different every day, but like the location independent thing is, is specifically that. But when I'm on the West coast, generally I've allowed myself to be independent by living out of my van. And I call it out of my van as opposed to in my van because the whole point of this independence was to get out into the world as opposed to like hide away from it, like go to the woods or go to the mountains in my little like cave or whatever it is. Nothing wrong with that. Tons of friends that do it. Climbers, they love it. But for me, it's like actually allowing me to not be, be feel like safe, cozy, but not too comfortable so that like, you know. There's a reason for me to be out in the world, wherever the heck I am. It has me go down the street. It has me go on walks. It has me do all that stuff. So right now, it's the van, which I love. And then um, my partner, she lives on the East Coast in Montreal, Quebec currently. And she's also currently like uprooting. She's been there her whole life and traveling and all that stuff. But she wants to also be more independent with her location as well. So there's that transition and it's just in different places on a different day. I have been in Seattle for like the last few weeks now, but when you get to say like, I mean, hell, if I'm sleeping on this block and then the next day I'm sleeping on a one block over, it's still like a different place with different people. And like, you know, you've got to like look around and always be aware. Okay. So you have your van as your quote unquote home base, but you're always moving that around. But it's neat that you, you mentioned the fact that there are a lot of people who live out of vehicles, but it's kind of more, you know, they're they're placed somewhere, they're in the woods or they're to get away and that's kind of what they like. So for you, you'll sleep in your van and things like that, but usually then throughout the day you're out and about coffee shops, walking around, kind of exploring the area that you're in. Yeah. And or finding places to like I've got like a rubric in my head of like, well today this is what I want to do. So where am I going to do that? I mean you start to think of things with different parameters. Like You know, I'm finding places with like, I'm like, well, if I want to download something or I want to upload something like a conversation with one of my clients or something like that, it's like, well, then I have to find places with reliable and good Wi-Fi. And like, that sounds like easy, but it's like, you're then you're like mixing it up with when I'm I'm also want to eat today. Do I want to pay for a place to eat? Do I want to put my own food together? And these all all of a sudden, these like really default things become very intentional. And it has you be like always like, you know, you're just like, you know, figuring out all the little ways in which you want to like have your day go because you're choosing it all. Yeah. So there's absolutely no real floating through life. It's it's conscious decisions about every single thing. Yeah. Floating doesn't get you soup like, uh, like this is one of the things, right? Like I lived, I've lived in apartments for, you know, years and years and years as most of us have. I had a condo at one point and there was a good, like I call, I call them like my Netflix years, like where like I was working in a job with a company. This is like basically my only like whatever corporate kind of job. And, you know, Netflix had just come out still on DVD, not online. And like, I was doing like three DVDs, like two in one out. And just, I didn't, because I was new, relatively new to Seattle. I didn't know where to go. And like, there's only so many things that you wanted to try out in one week to meet like new people. And so it was like two days a week I'd go out, but like five days a week, I'd just be chilling. And I was like, I love. So there you have it, guys. One of the downsides, we're talking location independent, one of the downsides of location independence, the fact that even though I may be at home and Byron may be at a coffee shop, we can't figure out the Skype connection. So the call dropped right there. Byron, you were talking, though, about your Netflix lifestyle, which I thought was an awesome (laughs) way of putting it and how you were 
two days out in Seattle and going out and kind of meeting people here and there. But then five days a week, you were just basically by yourself. Right. Because like I just moved to a place like I've actually had, I've had clients who are literally like, yeah, so I get home and I distract myself and it sucks. And I wish I was doing, at least I'm not doing something worse, you know? And I'd be like, what are you doing? And they're like, yeah, I get home and I watch like, two hours of Netflix and it just like I get to turn off and I'll, you know, so it's, there's worse distractions, you know, what I would call destructive distractions, but this is definitely like a less destructive, but you know, there's a lot of learned on Netflix. You know, there's a lot that you can learn from that. But, there's some good documentaries. And there's a lot that you can learn about being, you know, about like watching another story and like reflecting your own in it and all that stuff. So there's nothing bad about that. It's just when it becomes a default way of living and it becomes an escape and it becomes a way to like keep from engaging with your life. That's, that's the pitfall. And I think that's definitely what it had done. You know, that's what I'd done. And so you recognize that now most people might not even ever recognize it, but if they do, they don't then take any steps to, to change it. You know, it's like, okay, well, as you said, it's not destructive, it's Netflix, whatever, everyone does it. What then brought you about, because I kind of want to talk about how you got to where you are now, where you are in this living situation that's completely different than most people, but you you weren't, that wasn't, you know, you didn't grow up living in a van, your parents were nomadic or anything like that, as far as I know. Um, so how did you get to this living situation? Like, what was the steps between, okay, I know that I need to kind of take hold of my life and make more conscious decisions and really kind of immerse myself in it, in, in living life. But how did you get there? You know, it's like, how much time do we have, right? Because it's like every single day, it's a decision. It's a set of choices, left to right, left to right. And instead of just following somebody else's path, it was clear that like, maybe I'm lucky for it, maybe not. But like, or maybe like, you know, I mean, it's, 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 what, I, it's what I'm dealing with. But like, there was no other path that was like, oh, that's a good one. I'm going to take that one. And so from very early on, and like, I've done some work around this, like, just like looking back. And as early as like maybe like the third grade when I first liked a girl and I realized that nobody around me, including my mom and dad, were equipped to tell me how to deal with the things I was dealing with, I think I decided way back then that I was like, I'm going to have to figure this out on my own. Like, because like, I certainly couldn't talk to them about it. You know, my brother was busy. So like up here, I was like, okay, now I've got to process this. And since then, you know, for better or for worse, whatever it is, like, there's just been that like question over like day to day. And even I'm still like, even with that questioning, like, you know, I spent two years basically just watching DVDs because there weren't answers. I kept looking, I kept looking. It wasn't until like, there's a couple seminal moments, a course that I took based off of a friend's recommendation and uh, some articles that I read, like off of like fast company one time that like led me down rabbit holes that allowed me to like connect with some people really authentically like in and answer some questions that I really had for myself. But day to day, it's different. It's every, you know, and it's all, but it's, I think the the biggest pattern is every day asking yourself, asking yourself for real, like what's up? You know, you you wanted to break away and you're like, okay, well, I don't want to watch Netflix, but you know, most people just say, okay, I'm going to go out more. I'm going to join like a, a meetup group or something like that. Did you know anyone who was 
living, you know, this this location independent lifestyle. So we'll talk about that, but not not just location independent, but actually saying, all right, I'm going to live in a van and every day basically be out in the world as opposed to having any one spot. You didn't know anyone doing that. No, and I, I mean the, the numbers of people doing that. Like, and the thing is, you don't have to be location to be doing that, right? Like, it's a way of being, and you can be doing it. But in your own personal way, and it's and I'm always seeking people who are looking for that because you can usually tell because uh, your interactions with them aren't run of the mill. They're not like you know, pablum. Like there's not a checklist of like, hey, what are you doing? Like there's like an engagement that they're having in their own lives. Yeah, like you asked me that question, I'm like looking back on it, and I'm like, uh, this is a completely organic process. And if somebody was to be like, and this idea of location depend like it's not a solution, but it's definitely a tool, you know, just like anything else. And um, if it, it may be a fantastic tool for what you want to do, for like reducing your expenses, for allowing you to be more mobile, blah 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 blah. There's a ton of reasons why it's a great tool, and there's tons of reasons why it's a really crappy tool. Like if you need like space to store your products or whatever it is. Well, yeah, good luck. Harder. Yeah, good luck. Okay, go buy a trailer and then wheel that around the city and see how anonymous you get to be. It's definitely been like an individual journey. And that is like the only thing that I would, I mean, the thing that I would encourage anybody to do is to like reach into that and to look for their own individual journey. And the only way to do that is to start giving yourself the space to listen to those inklings, to look at. Why the heck do I like doing what I'm doing? Was it me or was it somebody that sold it to me one day? Yeah, and and to try stuff out, you know? I mean, yeah. me me and my wife Heather were going to Southeast Asia for 5 months. That would be the longest we've been in a spot an area other than when we lived in Japan and that was when we had to be there for our job. So it'll be the longest we've been in an area on purpose because we are location dependent. And you know what? We we imagine it's going to be great, but it could suck or it could be great and suck. And you know, so but without trying it, you don't know. And so we've we've said it's open ended. We're gonna go. We're gonna do a month in each place, or maybe longer, and we're gonna see how it works. Now, with your van living, how how long have you been doing that? And then how has that kind of worked its way? You know, if you could talk some of the logistics, and then also some of the ideas behind it. Of okay, here's why I like it, and here's why it's worked for me. But here's some of the obstacles. It's hard to believe for me, but um, like. I've been living out of, in and out of my van now for uh, for about two years now, but it's not all like in my van, like chilling, you know, waking up every morning on wheels because like, you know, this summer I was in Europe producing a retreat for a dear friend of mine who's also a coach. I was my, like I said, my partner lives in Montreal, so I'll spend time over there. So there's just different phases and stages of it. But I guess how I measure it is I haven't had a permanent residence for that long. And actually even longer, really, if you're going to, you know, look at like times I stayed with friends for like a couple months or, the, you know, like that kind of thing. But this has been like, I have not relied upon somebody else for where I'm going to be living, you know, the lease or the whatever, the mortgage or anything like that, or even just friends giving me a room. And um, logistics of that, I mean, the reason, like, this is an idea that was brewing for like four years now. Like, you know, it's like, well, yeah, I'd love to be on a, like have that independence. So I could go wherever and travel and it's still a work in progress today. Like, it's not like, you know, like, Oh, I got it all sorted out. 
So right, like uh, this is perfect. Everything's yeah, fine and dandy, right? All in, no problem. <laughs> no, it's like there's definitely day to day like questions to ask, and the cool part is, I guess I've given my space myself the space to ask those questions and to find those answers. Yeah, and like, and if someone is thinking, you know what, like, and everyone's going to find their own path, but if someone's thinking this might be something I'm interested in, I might think about getting a van. Not having a mortgage, not having a lease, giving it a go, trying it out. What like what kind of things should they even consider and what should they know ahead of time? Well, yeah, first off, I mean, hell, there's a whole like hashtag around it, you know, hashtag van life. There is like there's I think there's a guy in Portland who writes a column in the local like weekly that lives in out of a van, you know? So it's so it's definitely becoming more of a thing and I hesitate for it to be a thing, you know, like tiny homes sort of but at the same time, the reason why I think it's resonating in the the zeitgeist of today or whatever it is, it's just simply that it makes a lot of sense in a lot of ways. So things to ask yourself like are, why do you live in a place with four walls and a roof? Like what's like, is it a, is it a great use of your resources or is it a crappy use of your resources? For me, it was like, uh, you know, 1200, 1600 bucks, whatever it was, you know, depending on plus utilities and et cetera, et cetera, getting rent or whatever, all of that becomes, like money that you get to use all of a sudden. And if I, if you already had a car, then you were paying the bills that I'm paying already. Now I'm just not paying those on top of it. So it's just, so even as simply as that, like you're like financially all of a sudden this starts to make a whole lot more sense. And then especially if you're like, well, I want to be out there or doing that thing or going to there anyways. And like your times, your, your home is suddenly just a repository for your stuff. Well, there's other ways to store your stuff. There's other ways, there's other amounts of stuff that you can have rather than all the, like, you know, you fill the space that you have. And so if you have a large space, you end up filling it. So it's like, and then, you know, there's other ways to create community. Like I have a vibrant community of people who are all over the place. And you know, one of the things I realized is like, while I love, I love, love, love my friends here, you know, in any of the places that I've lived the people that I resonate with the most are the people who have that sense of freedom, you know, like, so it's reaching towards something that resonates for me. And then I'm going to find the people that also have been drawn to that same thing. So, and then, I mean, logistically, it's like, you can, like, if you want to know tips and ideas and all that stuff, I mean, there's like Yahoo groups, there's um, whole websites on it. People have done whole blogs and stuff, ways to modify little bits and pieces, your heaters and your this or your that or your cooking or, you know, everyone's got a different way to live. You know, interesting little little anecdote is I used to work at a climbing gym because it's like one of those communities that kind of appreciates that independence and like, like there was a couple guys that were like, like a couple members of the gym that were living in the parking lot, like one at an RV and one, you know, and they were like mountain guides and stuff. So these are the ones that are sort of, use, you know, like they're on the sort of a fringe of society already because it's like they would rather just be in the mountains all the time. But they were doing that. And then I started doing that. And then by the time I was done working at that gym, and I'd be traveling in and out of town with it. But by the time I was done, there was like no less than like nine vehicles in the corner of the parking lot of different, not just members, but employees that were living in their vehicles because they just saw over time, they were just like, that totally makes sense. And they were, you know, the best part about it is none of us had the same setup. Like people with sprinters, like there's a guy with a, like a, you know, it, like 
there's like a couple where they have two different vehicles, one in a truck and one's a minivan. So I called theirs like a two bedroom. My buddy Micah <laughs> had like an, an 88 Escort, which is this tiny ass car. And he had this giant, like he had this like, it was tar top box that was the same size as his car basically. So I called his like a studio with a loft because like, <laughs> but you know, like we just all had different ways of going about doing it. And that's one of the great ways about it too, is there's all this flexibility that comes with it. But you got to figure that out on your own. Like, you know, it wasn't like they read a prescription or there were plans for it. And then there's resources once you figure it out. Right. And I bet that's part of the fun of it is like, you know, you're not in an RV that comes cookie cutter, which I've always thought RVs are awesome anyway. And that's great. But you know, you have everything built in. So if you want to go that easy route, that's cool. But with what you're doing, and your buddy with an escort like that, yeah, there's no plan. You just figure out how you're going to live and you go about doing it. And it's interesting because I actually have a friend who owns three different homes, you know, has been very successful and, and all in different parts, but, and he has a sprinter van that he's turned in, you know, oh, originally it was just to take all his stuff. And now he says, I prefer sleeping in my van. So sometimes he will be, have it parked at his house and he will sleep in his van. He just says, I just like it more. So it is. It's interesting. And um, and we'll link up. I'll have Byron give us some of those links like with the groups if you guys are interested. We'll link that up in the show notes and you guys can get to that extrapackofpeanuts.com slash Byron, B-Y-R-O-N. We'll link up so it'll be really easy for you to find and kind of poke around there. With the van life then, how does it work? I know a lot of people are probably thinking, okay, like sounds kind of cool or, or really cool. How does it work legally in like where, you know, if you're if you're parking on you know, the gym's lot and they let you do it, fine. But how how do you go about that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Depends on the different municipalities, I think, is what it really comes down to. Two places that I've spent a, a large amount of time in. So for me, it behooved me to find out what the actual legality of it was are Seattle and Portland. Because like last summer, I lived for two months in Portland, all out of my van. Just like went down there and was, you know, actually after World Domination Summit. So in, in Seattle, for example, uh, it's legal to park your car anywhere for up to 72 hours. There is no stipulation about sleeping in your car because you're just sleeping in it, right? Like what's right. The, so legally, no one can, like, unless there's like a sign, a posted sign that says, you know, no parking, et cetera, you can park anywhere that doesn't have a sign for 72 hours. And so like, I have that legality behind me. That being said, if some dude, this has happened, if I'm getting out of my van and some dude is staring at me out of his window in his bathrobe when I'm getting out of my van in the morning and like, you know, with his cup of coffee, I'm probably going to move, you know, like, right. It's, you don't want I'm, any issues. Like even exactly. if it's legal, why, why bring it? Exactly. Upon like I'm not trying to cramp anybody's style. I'm not trying to freak anybody out, but the cool, and the cool part is he can't move, right? I can though. There's a billion places I can go and I can put myself and I'm fine. So, and, and, you know, in Portland, just to mention, you know, I think what the, like the, you know, the, the law is like you're allowed to sleep in your car and it's like 24 hours or something like that. But, you know, it's really what it comes down to. It's not like anyone's like chalking your car after 72 hours. It's mostly like somebody's going to complain and then you're going to. So it's like if you try not to, like there's a reason why my van doesn't have like the most conspicuous part of my van is um, that it's got a bicycle attached to the back of it, which is kind of weird sometimes, but because like most people take their bikes off of their rack, but um, right, right, because they'll put them in their garage or whatever. Or, yeah. or whatever yeah. But other than that, it's a minivan that nobody nobody's going to bat an eyelash at um, unless it's conspicuously placed. And so it's like I'm not trying to make a statement with my van. I'm trying to make a statement with my life, perhaps with who I'm being and what I'm doing, but not with my accessories. 
And that's just going to like, that's just going to get me into, you know, it's just going to take me down a road. That's not positive. You know, it's like people like getting cramping other people's like styles, like lifestyles and whatnot. So, yeah. And, and, and you don't want to do that because your whole thing is, Hey, I'm living my life on my terms. I don't need to make anyone else live their lives on my terms or feel uncomfortable. And I think that if you have that culture of caring for someone else, and and you put it really well with saying like, if someone's in their home, they can't move. You can. So why are you going to argue and say, no, I've been here 48 hours. I, you know, what's the point? Like, and, and I think that just, that fits in with the whole vibe of, I'm going to put myself out in the community. You really are saying like, I'm, I'm going to live in this community or, you know, maybe different streets, different days, but it is, it's, it's a home. Even if you are location dependent, why not make it as pleasurable for everyone as yeah. possible? And it's, and that's, that's, that's very much it. Yeah. That's really cool. That That's so cool. And I, th- I think it's, you know, it's something I never thought about before. And, and when I met you, I thought, man, this is, this is such an interesting topic because as you mentioned, it is kind of quote unquote becoming a thing or becoming bigger. Yeah. And I guess that's because people are realizing, hey, I can I can scale down and, and have maybe even a more authentic life or at yeah. least a more authentic life for me. Totally. One of the things I know that you're also big on, we, we talked a little bit about this. We've had other guests who've come on and have been to Burning Man, but I think you, out of all the guests, you, you said you've been to six in a row. I know a lot of people, it's kind of a, this is Burning Man is becoming a quote unquote thing. Can you speak a little bit about Burning Man? Because that's always interested me. I've never gone. And I have plans to go next year. So kind of tell people if they don't know what it is and then you know why do you keep going back that's totally my bat or my deal my responsibility if burning man's becoming like a comfortable place then that's on me and i mean like i know that's weird for most people but like realizing that the place itself is so rife with uh exp- like possibility like ways to experiment with who you want to be and how you want to be with people in the world around you that I've just allowed it to become that way, probably as a, as a result of, you know, all the other, un, you know, uh, uncertainty or, you know, clear uncertainty. And so, and that's actually something I want to change for next year. If I'm going to go, then it's like, I want to step that up because there's other ways to extend myself or to, you know, to grow um, out of that experience. But uh, to go back to the original, like what is burning man for somebody who hasn't been, or somebody who has like, everyone's, like there's all these like adages like uh, talking about Burning Man is like explaining color to a blind person, and it's like <laughs> I think it's lazy. Honestly, I think those adages are lazy, and I get it. It's fine. Like in my purview, I've done a lot of asking, and as far as I can tell, for most people, Burning Man, as far as I can tell, is the um, it's the best personal catalyst that I've ever experienced or seen for most people. And there's a reasoning behind why it's such a fantastic personal catalyst. And um, to start off with, we can go back to like, what is Burning Man physically? And what it is, is it's a festival. But it's a festival that occurs in the city that was built out in the desert by the people that are then participating and attending that festival. So that is a pretty unique circumstance. Right. Nothing exists. And then they Nothing's come. Out you, there. And you've helped, right? You, yeah. You've helped build it from the beginning. So, yeah, talk a little bit about that. Because nothing's there when you get out there. Well, so, like, you know, and this is, this is where we're grateful for the people that come before us. But there's, like, it's not like we build it from nothing, nothing. There's groups who are there for weeks and weeks out of the year who are taking care of things like 
the building the perimeter so that if there is any trash that blows away, it does get caught. So we're not like leaving stuff out there because it is a leave no trace event. There's people who set up the so-called roads, which is really just signposts, you know, and some little flags just to make sure because they allow that, again, they're allowing that structure for this greater thing to occur. When we get there, it is bare desert, really pretty much bare desert with a couple little flags and some signs and stuff that say like, here's your street signs or whatever. Um, and it's set up in a particular way. You can look it up, you know, like the, like the way it's set up, you can, you know, search for Burning Man City on, on Google and, and see it. But um, from there, from that bare desert, from that infrastructure, we build like our, our contribution to the city, which is our camp and all the stuff that comes with it. So uh, we'll show up just a few days early. Whereas there'll be people there literally for, you know, weeks and weeks dealing with the bare bones of where the heck do we place this thing and dealing with the Bureau of Land Management and all that stuff who, you know, who are there way before us. So we're, we're there for a couple of days and then, and we're building up our camp. Our camp is a, mostly a camp of about a hundred people end up attending. And then you also ask me like, why do I go back year after year? That's a part of it for me, very personally for me. Like people are like, what do you love about Burning Man? And for me, it's um, a family reunion. Like this is um, an intentional and chosen family of people who I happen to feel really fortunate to know and to be around. Some of them live here in Seattle and all over the place. Camp's called Hippocampus. It's a play on words, but it's also a whole lot of different things. And those people are why uh, I come back. And honestly, people are why I do really anything. That's for me, like my personal like drive is... Uh, to connect with and to be around the amazing thing that is a person in a real way. And these people are really amazing in a really real way. So that's it. So for me, it's like, well, it's a family reunion in probably one of the coolest settings in the world. So I'm down. Why, why not, right? <laughs> why not? But yeah, but then there is also this drive to because there is so much else around it, like around that. Because, like, you know, I could spend a week in our camp and be like, that was the coolest week ever. But like then beyond that, there's a city of 60,000 who are like let loose on their own ideas of possibility and self-expression. And so that's to go like to the, you know, there's principles of Burning Man and, you know, it's, uh, it's radical self-reliance is the first one. And so it's like, as you know, everyone who goes out there, you're given the responsibility for yourself first. This is how much water you should expect to bring. This is how much food you should expect. You know, there's guidelines for everything, etc. Why? Why is that important? Because that allows you to be number, like, you know, number two or whatever it is, radically self-expressed. And that radical self-expression comes because you are independent, because you don't owe anybody anything, because you aren't like, you don't, you're not trying to impress anybody. Well, maybe you are, but that's on you. You don't have to try and impress anybody because you got everything that you need. So you get to experiment and be self-expressed and just be out with whatever it is. And there's no like repercussions to that. You know, obviously you're not hurting other people, et cetera, but like, but yeah. And so that radical self-expression is then expressed in what's a lot of people, what's famous about Burning Man, which is a gift economy. And the gift economy is like not bartering, not trading, but really gifting and giving people the chance to be generous in their lives. When's the last chance you got to be generous, to be intentionally generous? Like here, you're preparing to come and give gifts of yourself. That can look like stuff. It can look like trinkets. It can look like, you know, an art piece. It can look like anything that is of you. It could look like your conversation in your time. That could be your gift. But the point is like the intention is to give freely. There's not like a and then you're going to give me that. It's really like, I'm going to give it to you freely. 
and then you can do with it whatever you want. You throw it away, you can cherish it forever. And so all of that, like all of those factors, plus all the other ones that come with it, immediacy, et cetera, et cetera, leave no trace, like responsibility that comes with that. All those things come together and make a really magical space for people to try on ways of being that they probably would have, that many of them have never even been exposed to. But like, there's a difference between being exposed to something. Like you go to Thailand and you're like, whoa, this place is crazy. And then being invited to be Thai, like to try it on for a day, just for a day. You don't have to like, no crazy customs. You just have to try it on and see if you like it. Like that's what Burning Man gets to be every moment. You walk up and you get to be these people's friends if you want to be. And you get to leave. And they're not going to expect you to sit around if you, if you don't want to sit around. And they're going to invite you in if, if, if they want to invite you in. And so there's just... Right. All- and you're not going to expect them to invite you in if they don't want to. No. And vice versa. Right. Yeah. And so like all, because of that, there's this freedom to just try things on. So many masks, so many hats, so many outfits, you know, literally, figuratively, symbolically. Right, and right. then and that and that allows us as these you know beings in these like you know flesh bags or whatever you want to call them you know these beings in these bodies to like to feel that way and and then you come home and that's why so many people are like oh my god it changed my life because they got to try something on that they're like whoa I never expected that it would be like that or I would feel this way or I would like this or I wouldn't like that and so and you know people talk about things like drugs and sex and whatever and all that stuff that comes with it well of course that's a part of our human experience so yeah that will be a part of it but that's definitely well i mean maybe it's the majority for some people but if it is um you're missing out in the whole other spectrum definitely yeah and the cool thing is is it doesn't have to be and i remember hearing about burning man three four years ago and you know that's what you hear a lot of time oh there's all these drugs and there's a you could do whatever you want and you know it depends who you're hearing it from obviously and and so i'm like well i'm not into that so why would I go? But then the more people I know who have gone, who are more like me, it, it you know, when you were talking about it, it, kind of, it reminds me of the reasons that a lot of people come on and say why they travel and why I travel. And, and you, you made the cool delineation between like going to Thailand and being Thai, but with the travel, it's like, you know, there is so much selflessness with travel and, and you are, you do have to be self-reliant and self-dependent a lot of times, depending on where you're traveling. And there is this kind of culture of giving when you travel. Both, you know, if you're traveling in an authentic way, a lot of times you're you're being given stuff with no no desire to for them to get anything back and you're giving of yourself because you're like this is so cool and crazy and yeah, it's just it's just a really really neat thing. And if you guys are interested in Burning Man, I think Byron you kind of summed it up. It's a very hard thing to sum up. I'm really glad that you did in the way that you did because I think it helps people who haven't been there like myself really understand it in a different way from the hey, we can't talk about Burning Man. You have to come, you have to show up or the person who just says, "Yeah, you can go and do drugs all you want." I mean, like you said, that's that's such a small part of it. It might be a zero part of it for for most people. So very, very cool. And it's very cool that you, you've been going for the last six years just because it is, as we said, becoming more of a thing, which could be a good thing or a bad thing, depending how you look at it. But yeah, it's it's something you've made as a as a part of your life. What are what are some of the other things you've done then travel related or, or, or living related that, that you've considered stuff that has either been a great experience or something that's 
changed the way you think of things? Like, what are what are some of those experiences that you could point to? Like, man, this was a great place, or or even just a great thing that I did when I was traveling. You know, I credit living in New Zealand. I lived in New Zealand when I was twenty one. I was going to school at the time, so that was probably like the best part of my college education was studying abroad. So certainly, like, if that's an opportunity, definitely the cool part about studying abroad as opposed to just sort of traveling in the way that most like adults tend to do is um, that I had this like really cool foundation when I showed up. So it wasn't just all on me, but I also had the chance to go out and try things on. That was really wonderful. But I think the biggest thing is um, because of the space I've put myself in, I have more of a luxury, more of an opportunity than, than most. I've given myself more of the opportunity than most to try things on that I wouldn't necessarily otherwise do. And not to try them on, I mean, there's nothing wrong with trying stuff on just because it's there or just because somebody said so or whatever it is. That's cool. But like, it's about like learning about myself through those experiences. That's really, that, that really is resonant. And realizing that not only are, like you're learning about yourself and you change over time. Like that's why I love humans so much. It's like, there's a universe inside of you and that universe is changing in every single moment. That's, that's like, that's mind blowingly infinitesimal. And I don't like, that's something that I'm excited about for my life. So you can do that with yourself. You can give yourself that opportunity. And I think like doing the work to look at what do I, what am I comfortable in? And then looking at for yourself in a very real way, what am I not uncomfortable in, but necessarily, but like what challenges me and then, and then like doing almost experiments in those ways and the repercussions are smaller. You know, they're, they're still very personal, terrifying. Like, Oh my gosh, I can't believe I did that. I can't believe I talked to that person, whatever. But it's but relatively speaking, you know, the, because there isn't all this like foundation built up around it. I'm not like losing my house because of it. I'm not like, you know, going into debt for thousands and thousands of dollars or whatever. So I think that's one of the opportunities that this lifestyle has afforded me is that chance to try those things on, to like go out of my way and like, and, and see who I am. And that's where that real, like, we're all looking for joy, fulfillment, peace of mind. That's what we're all looking for. And all of that comes from that center, that knowing of self so that you're like, you're you wherever you're at. And that, and I think if you don't like one of the things that I've given myself is the opportunity to continue down those paths in ways that most people never give themselves the opportunity to. Yeah, definitely. Because of the fact that you said, I'm going to eschew the, the apartment and the house. And, you know, if I lose my job and I have a house, well, there become some huge repercussions. So you can't try to go out on your own and create your own business because you need to make the money. And that's a great way of putting the location independent lifestyle. And, you know, people naturally hear location independence and they think it's great that you can live wherever you want. And that's, that is great. I mean, that is one of the reasons that I decided to do it. But there is also that abstract idea of being able to do what you want as well and do what you want with your time. So it's like location independence slash, you know, with, with creating your business, like freedom of your own time and freedom of what you want to do because you're not stuck with some huge bills here and there. And um, 
And obviously, you, you've kind of talked about ways that you've been able to cut your bills down because you don't have a home, you don't have an apartment, you know, freeze up 1200 What are some of the other, if, if you could give some people some advice on like best tips that they can save money either while traveling or kind of while, if they are someone who's location independent, while they're living abroad or while they're traveling, it doesn't have to be abroad internationally, but while they're not at their home. So there's, I mean, there's a jillion resources and I'm sure you've talked about these tons of times, but I mean, as simple as uh, couchsurfing.com, you know, like it's a huge, you know, it's a community of thousands upon thousands of people that want to just meet other people. Um, at the same time, one of the things for me that about couchsurfing is wanting to meet other people is great. Wanting to make friends is cool, but like there's usually, not usually, um, I find that the depth of interaction like it usually ends up being about traveling and where you've been and what you've seen. And for me, like, honestly, that part isn't nearly as important as who you are. And so sometimes like I'll look at couch surfing, but other times I'll, I'll mostly like, I'll want to make intentional connections with people as opposed to like, there's sort of a, sort of a lottery around couch surfing. They're all really good people, but it's like, there are different like levels of interaction. If that makes sense. So, but that's definitely a resource. If you're like, I don't know, like, how am I going to stay there? How many, there's like, you know, you probably look at New York City and there's probably like, you know, I don't know, a thousand at least, thousands of couch surfers, like places that you could stay, you know, without expectation. You know, it's all like everything's delineated there. Like it's always for free. And, you know, but at the same time, I would probably bring a, I, I used to, when I did that, I like, I'd bake a pie, you know, you know, I had like a chocolate pecan pie that I'd bake just because it was fun. It's fun to do that with one another. Obviously, Chris Gillibo and all this travel hacking and all anything around travel hacking clearly there's ways to do it if if it matters to you to do it that way and you could just go buy plane tickets but not buy them like the week before you got to fly you know right or during christmas or whatever it is yeah it's just like buying you know and it's like there's so many ways to do it i think the biggest thing that most people don't do is give themselves the space to do it that's really the biggest thing is because like you sit there and you're like, well, I couldn't possibly whatever. Then, then you can't. So, you know, right. so it's there's like, ways to figure out anything yeah. if you want to, and and sometimes it takes some work and effort. And you know, nowadays it's probably googling, you know. But really, there's ways to figure out how to do stuff cheaper. You mentioned couchsurfing, great resource. Yeah, staying in apartments over hotels or even hostels over hotels. I mean. You're not always going to get something for free, even though I try as hard as I can to like make it as cheap as possible. But there, there's plenty of ways to do it. And then obviously, I think too, the point that you made, making conscious decisions with your life to prioritize that. For you, it was, I am going to prioritize being out in the world as opposed to being away from it and watching Netflix. So I'm going to prioritize that. And you know, for many people, it might be, I need to prioritize travel, so I'm going to save money and, and travel as opposed to spend it on this, exactly. that, or another thing. And that might look like living in a van for that person. But it right. also might not like, no way, there's no way that I could do the job that I do if I did that, whatever it is. But it's like just starting from that space of like, well, here's this thing that I like. And then you can shape, like that's, I mean, I feel like that's the easy, that's the easy part. You know, not to say that like something like med school is easy, but like there's, um, there's this great article I read I think the guy's name is Jeff Anderson. I'm not exactly sure his name, but I'll send you a link to this one. There's a difference between, he calls the difficult, 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 easy. And difficult, easy is something like, 
I ran a marathon last year. I know I can do it, but I'm going to go run this other thing, this other marathon, and it's hard, and it's grueling, or I'm going to run, like, three in a row or whatever it is, you know. And that's difficult. It's hard, but, like, you've been there before, so it's actually, in a way, it's easy. Like, it looks hard. It looks grueling. Like, oh, my gosh, they're running. They're, like, spitting up on themselves or, you know, whatever. They're, like, killing themselves for their PR, but they've done it before. You know, what? difficult, difficult is, like, I'm going to go over there and talk to that lady. And I'm going to say, and I'm totally confronted by it. And it can look like the easiest thing in the world. It's an internal uh, difficulty. It's an internal challenge. And like a lot of times in this world, we talk about external challenges um, being like, oh, well, it's so impressive that you live in a van. Oh, it's so impressive that you um, built your own business. Oh, it's so impressive. And the the, the honest thing about it is, it's not about that thing on the outside. It's about who that person's been to do that thing, to be there, to get there. I mean, right. what's for- impressive is the fact that you said, I'm going to give this a try, or that I said, hey, I'm going to, or, or you or anyone who has their own business, like, I'm just going to go for it because so many people are like, well, why would you do that? You don't even know what you're going to do. That's the impressive part. Not that it makes X amount of dollars or yeah, that you now have a van that you get a galavan around the country in or whatever. It's like, these are side effects of who I'm being, like my van. And I, in fact, I get to have a life where I'm, you know, in, out in the world. And as a side effect, I get to have a life where I'm authentically connecting with people. But really, like at the heart of it is, there's a way of being that I'm expressing and a way that I'm challenging myself to, to go above and beyond. And there's no like my way, like where I'm at is better than where you're at. The cool part is, is like anyone challenging themselves, anyone being vulnerable, anyone taking a real risk of their own identity is, is gorgeous in doing it. And it could be as simple as like, I don't usually ever go out and tonight I came out to this, you know, whatever with my friends and it's so humanizing and we all totally get it. You know, we all like, you know, like we want that for one another, you know, so. Yeah, I I completely agree, Brian. If you find that article, we'll put that in the show notes as well, Absolutely. guys. Yeah. I really appreciate you coming on today, especially because you're at a coffee shop. You Everyone knows now, like you have to find a way to, to Skype in here. You know, the internet cut out, everything like that, all the quote-unquote problems that we face, right? I just want to thank you so much for coming on, for sharing so openly, so honestly, you know, and helping to shine a light on a different type of path, whether that is the van living, which is great. If someone's interested, we will have resources for you for that. Byron will provide, you know, some awesome links for that. Or whether it's just saying, hey, it's not a van living, but it's something completely different that I'm afraid to do and I'm going to go do it. I just... Thank you so much for sharing about that. You know, a lot of people out there don't take the time to even figure out that something like that exists. So before I let you go, can you just remind people how they can come connect with you? Because a lot of people are going to say, hey, I want to connect with Byron now. So how can they do that? Sure, sure. Um, The website is byrongodontstop.com. And as we were talking about this before, um, Byron Go Stop is an old nickname. Um, that an old friend gave me. So um, just kind of rolled with that. But byrongodonstop.com is definitely a work in progress. It's a Squarespace site, which is great. One of the easiest things in the world to build. And yet at the same time, like photos that are like misformatted, you know, like are like months old. So like if you're there, if you're feeling stuck, if all that, I get it. And um, I coach people in that, in finding their compass and in finding their purpose. So it's all okay, I guess. And I'm going to go 
bait because of this interview. I'm going to go and, and give it a little update and I'm not going to like junk it and whatever, but realize that like, you know, there is something I guess to be, to being like really real and authentic with, we all get, I don't know, with just being, just being where I'm at. Yeah. Well, we all get scared of it. Even if we talk about it and say we're doing it right, there's always times you're like, I don't know what I'm doing with this site or I don't know what I'm doing with this podcast, right? Or whatever. And then you just go and do it. So I'm really happy that we can help hold you accountable or me just by saying, Hey, how can people go there? And you can say, I'm going to go update. I'm going to, I'm going to change it around a little bit. So that's Byron Go Don't Stop, which is an awesome name, dot com, which is an awesome name. And um, we will link that in the show notes, guys, at extrapackofpeanuts.com slash Byron, B-Y-R-O-N. Byron, thanks so much for coming on. And next time we're in Portland together, coconut PBJs are on me. <laughs> awesome. Maybe we can, uh, you know, neither of us needs to be anywhere in particular. So we can figure out some stuff. We'll make it time. work. Yeah. We'll, we'll go from anywhere we are in the world to meet at that PBJ <laughs> car. It'll be a beacon of light for us. <laughs> thanks so much, Travis. Appreciate it. Awesome. Thanks for having you on, buddy. Cheers. 